Welcome to the H&H Hour podcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us for this episode. It's going to be an important one. It's one that everybody needs to hear. Mm -hmm. My name is Heidi Bolt. I am one of your co-hosts alongside my sister, my dear friend, Heather Taves. Hey, Heather. Good morning. Good morning. I'm excited for this conversation. I am too. Yeah. I'm not only excited, I have this feeling like deep down in my gut mm-hmm. that it's such an important conversation. And I, I say that because I think I need this conversation yeah. uh, first. Yeah. And I need to be, my eyes to be opened to awareness. What, yeah. More awareness. And I think mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm subtly aware, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll get into this more in a little bit, but I'm, I'm just praying and I pray that all of our listeners would do the same thing that as we talk about this and mm-hmm. as we introduce our guest, that your heart would be open to hearing things for the first time that you wouldn't just assume or think well this doesn't affect me Mm -hmm. because it really does it affects all of us it affects every human being on the planet yeah so it's gonna be a good one yes it is um and you know Heidi if we have maybe some people who are just beginning to listen Mm -hmm. this podcast is really about highlighting ordinary people and talking about the ordinary lives that we have a lot of people get to be on podcasts because they've written a book or because mm-hmm. they've started it on profit or mm-hmm. they've done this really big thing. And we're not taking mm-hmm. anything away from those big things. Those are awesome. And we need people like that. Yeah. But sometimes the ordinary people don't get to tell their stories yeah. because they don't have a platform. And this show gives ordinary people a platform. And can I tell you that ordinary people have the best freaking stories I've ever heard. That has been my favorite thing about podcasting with the H&H Hour is hearing the stories. I love stories. It's how I best learn. Mm -hmm. It's how I best retain. Mm -hmm. Um, I can remember two decades ago hearing a pastor preach, and I don't remember any of his points, but I remember his stories. And so that's why I love this. And that's I love people and I love their stories and just hearing how God is so detailed to write their stories with so much uniqueness. Yes. So different than my story. Right. Um, and that that's why I love this podcast. I yeah. think it's outstanding to just connect with people that have maybe never shared their story on a public platform. Yes. So this guest that we have, she's just a beautiful woman. She's sitting across from us right now looking mm-hmm. at us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I met her. We met her, uh, I don't know, maybe six-ish months ago, maybe, yeah. maybe a year ago. And... Um, I want to introduce everyone to her. I can't say her last name because it's... Please don't even try because when she says it, it's super sexy. So I'm going to say, Crystal, welcome to the H&H Hour. <laughs> Could you tell us your full name, please? Um, Crystal Samaripa. <laughs> See? Isn't that so beautiful? If we tried to say that, we would just butcher it. Look awful. So yeah. we won't. That is beautiful. Yeah. Welcome to our show. Thank you for having me here. Just... I know this is an important conversation, and I just want to commend you guys for for allowing us to have this conversation here. Mm-hmm. I know it's so important. It's so important, and we are so excited to have a woman like you mm-hmm. sit across from us mm-hmm. and pull your chair up to the table. And what we're asking is that every person right now would pull their chair up to this table mm-hmm. and have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because at the table, everybody's equal, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And yes. our hearts get to unite. Mm-hmm. And it's such an important conversation. Mm-hmm. And even still in this time of history. Oh, yeah. So Definitely. Yeah. So start out by telling us, we've known you for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell all of our listeners a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your background. Okay. Tell us um, where you came from. Mm-hmm. Start there. Okay. Um, so I was born and raised in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved 
here to Peoria about two years ago. Um, but where I came from, I grew up in a Hispanic culture. So everywhere you turn, there was a Hispanic there. I was the majority. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, that's my background. Um, I'm the oldest of four. So also knowing the whole role of being a mom and being, um, the oldest kind of has shifted on me of knowing, um, the motherhood of it and the nurture where it comes from. But it's that whole sense of my background has really has impacted me of moving here. Um, the situations that I've, that I've dealt with here, but all that growing up in Texas and being around Hispanics and growing, actually growing up 10 minutes from the border, Mm. um, has impacted the way I think now, um, and shifted the way I think and view things here. Okay. Because you were growing up, you were the majority. Yes. Mm -hmm. You didn't, you probably didn't even realize that there were places. I don't know. You can answer that. Did you realize there were places where you wouldn't be the majority? No, I actually, Felt like I was in a bubble mm-hmm. when I was there. Okay. Um, I didn't realize it then, but moving here, I realized that I was in this bubble um, that there was no racist, racism mm-hmm. out there. There was no um, different cultures coming together. Yeah. I didn't know any of that. I, all that was just movies that I saw okay. and TV shows that I saw. So it was a fantasy Seemed to me. Yes. Yeah. You it were was, just Crystal. Uh, yeah. I was just Crystal in this um, city. Uh-huh. next 10 minutes from the border yeah. um and anywhere you turn you would see um a license plate from mexico and mm-hmm. um have conversations in spanish so english is actually my second language mm-hmm. so sometimes i have this little battle even moving here of what do you mean you don't understand me <laughs> like i understand me my right. family understands me right. um but yeah just realizing that i was in this bubble and racism was just a fantasy of that that's just that just happens in the movies yeah okay so can i ask you this were you born in texas yes okay so you are a full-blooded united states of america citizen born and raised in america yes yes okay Hmm. because i think sometimes we think that um people that deal with racism and especially hispanics that they weren't born here that this Mm -hmm. isn't their home country Mm -hmm. you know and especially and it it caught me when you said that english is your second language Mm -hmm. because i've heard people say if you live here you need to know our language oh yeah like you should just you should just speak english Mm -hmm. you have lived here your whole life you Mm -hmm. are as much american as i am oh yeah but your first language is Spanish because that's your heritage. Mm -hmm. Mm. So right there, I think there's such a good opportunity for us to go, why would we try to strip someone's heritage from them when they're just like us? They just have a little bit different culture because of their heritage. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. I love that. I love that your second language is English. (laughs) That is amazing. Would you come teach my kids Spanish, please? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is an amazing idea. I know. We'll have to talk about that later, <laughs> off air. That would be so fun. We both homeschool, and so that would be incredible. Oh, that's fun. Because truly, I'm not going to try to teach it to them because I don't know it. <laughs> well, and I had someone tell me a few years ago, they said, if if you want your kids to have every opportunity out there, teach mm-hmm. them Spanish. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the language that they should know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially even moving here. Realizing, oh, you'll pay me extra because I speak Spanish. What? Like, Come on now. <laughs> it's it, favorite girl. Yeah, it's <laughs> just one of those where you're like, 
not even realizing that your heritage and where you come from is highlighted somewhere else. And it could be highlighted in a good way or in a bad way. Mm -hmm. Um, Good thing for me, it was highlighted in a positive way where I was able to get a little bit more um, from it. Uh Um, But yeah, even, even those little things where it's so... It's just second nature to you. It's just ordinary to you yeah. that someone else looks at you and is like, oh, you speak Spanish. That's so extraordinary. And you're looking at yourself like, mm-hmm. but I've been, speaking about, <laughs> I've been speaking Spanish since I was, yeah. I could speak. Like, you learned. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So there's so much I want to unpack with you yeah. over this next hour. Um, and I, I hope that all of our listeners are leaning in to mm-hmm. this conversation because it's so important. You know, and the interesting thing of you saying that is the whole point of this podcast is turning people's eyes to Jesus Mm -hmm. in ordinary, maybe seemingly mundane moments of their lives Mm -hmm. and realizing that those are extraordinary things. So I love that you just talked about something that feels so ordinary to you, Mm -hmm. but that other people see as extraordinary. So this is something we ask all of our guests. Um, What's something about your life or yourself that you feel you feel is ordinary? This is actually funny um, because... I hear some some of the the podcasts that that you that you girls have, and I knew I was like, I know what that question is going to come at me. <laughs> I know it. Um, so I started actually um, asking my mom. I run to you know. I just like, mom, I need you to let me know what's so ordinary about me. <laughs> and she goes, What do you mean? Like, there's nothing ordinary about you. Oh. And I was like, No, but I need an answer. I need an answer. And she actually told me, she's like, well, write down everything that you do, like every single day. And I wrote it down and she goes, okay, so in your eyes, this is ordinary, correct? But you have to realize that in someone else's eyes, this is so extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because I'm writing there that I, every day, obviously it's a, I'm a single Hispanic woman who is following Jesus, who works full-time, works full and works full-time for ministry, um, is pastoring a church in the South. And it was so shocking to me to, to just even see that that was ordinary to me mm-hmm. and that my mom pulled that from me and saying, look, the everyday things that you do that you see ordinary can be so extraordinary, but at the same time, they're so beautiful that they need to be together and show you that some... Someone who feels so ordinary is extraordinary in someone else's eye. It's always the eye, the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. And now it's just so amazing and impactful to me because I was struggling of what is so ordinary about mm-hmm. me? Like, what about me? Just because I felt like when I gave my life to Jesus, I felt like the my old self, the ordinary self, just be, just died mm-hmm. when I became a follower mm-hmm. of Jesus. Yeah. The old self just just vanquished. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this new self in me was just everything I was doing was so extraordinary and not because of my own doing, but because Jesus was in the center of it. Yes. And I think that's what, that was such a shift moment for me, realizing that my ordinary makes it extraordinary because Jesus was in the middle of it. Girl, you just single-handedly answered both of those questions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In a beautiful way. At this, I think that might be a first. Yeah. 
And your mom has figured out the whole point of our show, too. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> don't mamas have so much wisdom? Oh, yeah. They do. Wow. They do. There's times where I – sometimes you need um, this moment where you don't know. You need that tangible voice mm-hmm. yeah. of God. And it's. I feel like it's always your mom. <laughs> I feel like the older yeah. I get, the more I realize how wise my mom is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, over the last 10 years, I'm like, she is so wise. Oh, yeah. And I tell her all the time because I think your teenage years, you're like, I can do this on my Uh own, mom. And then once I hit my 20s, I'm like, mom, how did you do this? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. um, So it's just amazing just even seeing her and I commend her. Mom, you're listening. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so proud of you and I love you. Um, But yeah. Could you say that in Spanish, please? (laughs) Ma, te amo mucho y gracias por todo. And for all of you gentlemen listening who are single, <laughs> Crystal is single, and she's gorgeous, so um, look at her picture, mm-hmm. and then send us your resumes, and we will vet you. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so joking aside, um, tell us your story. What brought you to Peoria, Illinois? So um, I came to visit some friends and family here, um, well, friends who I consider family, Um and they took me for a tour around Illinois, and one of the stops is Peoria. Um, and when we came here, this burning inside of me just happened. It was like a switch, and I don't know how to explain it or anything like that, but I came here, and I knew this was where I needed to be. Um, my heart just broke when we, when we were driving past the south area, um, of Peoria and just seeing the homes and seeing the families and, and just seeing that there was freedom that needed to take place in that, in that area, in that community. And knowing that I had the truth Mm -hmm. of Jesus who can, who can bring that freedom to you. And, um, obviously that can happen anywhere, but this passion and this burning sensation that happened in my heart, Mm -hmm. Um, pulled me towards here and it wasn't this quick like I need to move to Peoria no there was a battle Mm -hmm. between my heart and my mind for two years I battled this for two years before I moved to Peoria Um, so went back home I knew this was where I was called to to be in the city that I needed to to just be in and minister to um, and show the truth and, and demonstrate truth and not just speak about it. But there was this battle between me and my my heart of saying I wasn't good enough to be here. Um, the culture around it, I didn't know anything about it. It was going to be a huge culture shock, which it was, um, but I'm so grateful that I came here. Um, but what happened was after those two years had happened, I literally just woke up to gave two week notice told my mom hey it's time this is where i need to be and this peace that my mom had mm. just kind of just confirmed everything mm. um packed everything um in my car <laughs> literally came with nothing um the the friends and the family that i came to visit i moved in with them for a month Found my own apartment, found um, a great job where I'm working at, which is a Christian environment, which is amazing. Mm. And then I get a new car 
in all that process. And it's just like, thank you, Jesus. And it's such just, a good feeling. Yes. And it was such a hard um, experience moving here when I first driving out of my driveway. Um, I literally was having this conversation with myself of what are you doing? What are you doing? You're leaving everything behind. Are you sure this is what you, I had that battle again, that two year battle happened within two seconds. Yes. Uh It just happened all over again. And it had to be this confirmation. I had to constantly remind myself every day that you're called to be here. You are um, a woman of God. You need to speak the truth. You need to come here because this is your calling. You you can't you can't turn away from it anymore. Yeah. And that's what I was doing. I was just pushing it to the side. I said someone else can do it. Someone else can do it. And it had that until that moment where I realized that someone is me. And I need to go because so many times we sing songs and we read scriptures of God, send me, God, choose me, God, I'm here, God, I'm your vessel. But when God calls you, you kind of shrivel up and it's like, no, you someone else. Yeah. I'm not prepared. I didn't mean it when I no. it. <laughs> it was just a song, God. Yeah. It was just a song. But just realizing that you are constantly praying to use yourself as a vessel then you need to step out in faith mm-hmm. and go about it because it's scary. It is. It's mm-hmm. so scary because it's not your own doing. Mm-hmm. So you don't know your outcome. You don't know what's going to happen. It's just full on trust and faith in God that he's going to work it out mm-hmm. and he's going to set that path for you. I am in tears. Literally, <laughs> I just feel like I could ugly cry right now because I just read a statistic. Um, I think it was in a, a newspaper newspaper article or something uh, that Peoria is very high on the list of cities that people are moving away from. Oh, yeah. The state of Illinois is very high on the mm-hmm. list of states that people are moving out mm-hmm. of. And here you are moving into Mm -hmm. the city, moving into this place that has so much potential that Mm -hmm. God is moving in, that is, it's a dark place, Mm -hmm. but if all the light moves out, it's going to get darker. Mm -hmm. And I am just, I'm not kidding you when I say I could ugly cry right now because of your boldness and your faith and your obedience. Mm -hmm. Here you left everything that you knew to come to a place that was very different from Mm -hmm. everything you knew. Mm -hmm. And you're just... Crystal, I, I I say this often to people. I cannot wait to see mm-hmm. what transpires. And I'm so glad I get a front row seat because I don't believe God brought you here mm-hmm. to just plop you down and oh, be yeah. like, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be it already. I've mm-hmm. already seen <laughs> yeah. the yeah. power of what he's doing with you and yeah. through you. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to that fire that, burned inside mm-hmm. of you when you came to our city. Um, we love our city. Mm-hmm. We know it's not perfect. We know there's a lot going on mm-hmm. that's rough. We mm-hmm. also know there's a lot going on here that is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, I just say thank you for mm-hmm. for moving in when so many people are moving out. Yeah. And for seeing what we see in it, which is the beautiful people mm-hmm. that and, are making a difference. Oh, yeah. And I've had, like, so many conversations um with someone, with people who, who when they ask, you're, you don't look like you're from here. Where are you from? And you, and I start having this conversation that I'm from Texas and I moved here to Peoria. And their first reaction is always, why? Yeah. yeah. Why would you do that? And it's, it's so heartbreaking because when 
back home, I loved my city mm-hmm. and I loved everything about the culture and I loved everything about it. So even seeing people not valuing their community mm-hmm. is so heartbreaking. And even seeing little things happening that when I tell them the beauty that I'm seeing, there, there's been times, not always, but there's been times where I get told, wow, I, I think I needed to see it in someone else's eyes yes. because I didn't see that. Or, mm-hmm. you know what? That was, that looked, that was just an everyday thing that, wow, yes, mm-hmm. I, this, this city is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's those conversations that, that you have and a reminder and a refresher that, hey, you live in an amazing city. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's, there's things that happen, there's situations that occur, but the overall of it, it's amazing and it's mm-hmm. beautiful mm-hmm. here. I mean, mm-hmm. I, growing up where I came from, there was no greenery anywhere. <laughs> so even that little detail yes. is so amazing. Yes. And moving here for the first time, I saw snow Aww. for the first time, but <laughs> it was so scary driving in the snow. Yes, it is scary. But um, just those little things mm-hmm. that you get to experience here every day here in Peoria mm-hmm. that I didn't get to experience mm-hmm. back home mm-hmm. that were so amazing to me. Mm-hmm. And that even at that moment that I was just so grateful that if I can open up your eyes to realize that your city is amazing, mm-hmm. can shift someone's attitude mm-hmm. to want to continue to make this city amazing yes. and beautiful and keep it that way. Yes, so. pour into it. I think it's so important that we are we help people be seers, mm-hmm. you know, to see how mm-hmm. God sees. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. for you, I love that you've got that perspective. Mm-hmm. You're looking through that lens of... This is a place that God, God is here. Mm-hmm. And if God is here, that's enough, mm-hmm. you know, and it, yeah, we might have some crime, but really what city doesn't, Oh yeah. yeah. you know, yeah. we might mm-hmm. have some grumpy people. What city doesn't, Oh yeah. we might Definitely. lack, you we know, might have some financial issues, but, <laughs> but, but the reality is, is God is here. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. God is here and God is moving, then who are we to say otherwise? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I just think it's so incredible. I also think it's awesome that. I feel like for you to take that step of faith to go, okay, God, I'm going to follow you as a single woman. Yeah. You know, you didn't mm-hmm. have that man to be yeah. like, honey, I'm doubting. What do you think? And like, <laughs> yeah. pull you back on, yeah. on board to and lean to, on. to mm-hmm. check you. Um, how brave of you yeah. to go, okay, God, it's you and it's mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. It was, um, it was a journey. It, it still is a journey. Uh-huh. Um, going into your 30s and still single, you look at yourself, um, not so much of looking at yourself, but people looking at you and Mm -hmm. saying, what's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. Why aren't you married yet? And having these conversations that are making them realize I can still find my purpose Mm -hmm. and I can still fulfill God's promises single. Yes. Yes. I can still go forth with it. There is a a bit of more of a battle because now it's just you and him Uh and there's no, there's no other partner with you second guessing or telling you, you know what, this, this is the path that you need to take, but it's just full on confidence and saying, God, it's just you and me. I'm fully relying on you. And it, I feel like that journey has been so much sweeter. Obviously, I don't know the journey with the with marriage and saying, oh, we got here together. But just realizing that I had nothing to do with it. Nobody had nothing to do with it. Yeah. It was just purely God yeah. mm. getting me here. Yeah. It's been so amazing. Yeah. You know, I was, as you were talking about leaving Texas, I just had this really cool thought. Um, one of our previous guests, who's actually our cousin, Sierra, mm-hmm. she 
left Peoria to move to South Texas. Oh, wow. (laughs) About two years ago um, because she got married and moved down to where her husband's family lives. And I thought, how cool that as you're coming here, transplanting to our city, she's going there. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's even close to where you grew up, but it (laughs) might be. I mean, God would be cool like that just to go like, I'm not forsaking South Texas, mm-hmm. because the cool thing about when we interviewed her, she has begun to really have a heart for where he's planted her down mm-hmm. there. Isn't her city and called Mission? Mission. Mission, oh, yes. Texas. And okay. so she's yes. like, it's literally my mission. Yeah. <laughs> and she's she has fallen in love down there and realized, like, God's purpose is for me here. Mm-hmm. Even though some of my heart and my family and all my friends are back in Peoria. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool that he does that? It's amazing. Like, just kind of a swap. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> like... Even trade. Uh-huh. Even trade. <laughs> and her mama is Hispanic. She's our auntie. Oh. And so that's, God is so cool. Yeah. He's so in the I details. I just think sometimes those details we overlook where mm-hmm. if we, it obviously if we could see all of it, I think we would keel over and die because we'd be overwhelmed by <laughs> all of the details that God weaves. But I think oh, it's yeah. cool when we get to point those out. Okay. So let's talk about some of the experiences that you have had mm-hmm. in coming here. Mm-hmm. Um specifically with racism. Yeah. I think this is an important conversation. So can you just kind of tell us what that's been like for you? Um, It's been rough. It's been heartbreaking. And it's just a constant... um, Sorry, I'm like tearing up. It's okay. This is a conversation we should all cry over. Yeah. It's, It's heartbreaking because... What's happening is that I moved to a place that I've that has experienced racism, and I came from a place that I've n- never even could imagine of that. So coming here um, and having people ask to see my documents, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at them and in awe because one. What gives you the bonus to come up to someone, a stranger, and ask them if they're legally here? Hmm. Two, I was born and raised in Texas. I'm not an immigrant. Yeah. I'm not illegally here. I was born and raised here. Yeah. My mother was born and raised here. <laughs> so it's not like, oh, my the next generation came in illegally and then I came in legally. No, my mom was here legally was born in Texas. I was born in Texas. Wow. Um, my grandparents were born in Texas. So just seeing that and experiencing that was, that was the very first time I experienced something like that. And um, obviously it's, it, there was a battle between me because it was someone asking me if I belonged here mm. and it, and treated me like I didn't belong here. After I told um, this woman I belong here, um, I was born and raised in Texas, she still decided to follow me and my family around the store, um, making sure that I didn't steal anything. And I even questioned her, like, why are you following me? I just need to make sure that you leave things the way they were. And I asked her, I was like, do you even work here? She goes, no, but I'm being a good citizen. Oh, my goodness. So even that experience where I just grabbed my sisters and said, let's go, um, was rough to even have them exposed to that. 
Your sisters are how old? My sisters are 17 and 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, 15 year old will be 16 in a few months, but um, even having them experience this was even eye opener. Um, just having that happen to me was heartbreaking, but my sisters, um, even experiencing that at school, um, I think that's where everything in me wanted to just protect them and just say, we need to have more conversations of this because, uh, the 17 year old, um, first time she went to school, she had, um, a, a boy bully her, uh, because of color of her skin. And she's a little darker than, than I am. Um, so he threw a basketball at her head and told her, just go back to where you came from. Mm. And having that and hearing that was so heartbreaking. Um, one, I do commend though, the school that she goes to, because the conversation that I had with the principal, um, was good, a good conversation and things shifted there. Um, took took the matter in, in in a good way and now I'm seeing constant awareness in the school where now they're having pep rallies of different heritage and different mm-hmm. cultures and wow. that is just amazing and I don't want to say oh it happened because of this incident but just just commending that school of saying you know what you're taking the right steps to open up teenagers eyes Mm -hmm. before they get to the adulthood before they get to the point where they're questioning someone do you belong here Mm -hmm. yeah and go back to your country Mm -hmm. um it's a conversation that needs to happen even at a younger age um with with children because they're seeing unfortunately they're seeing their parents treat other people like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. um and then constantly having had two issues at a at a coffee shop very famous coffee shop mm-hmm. um so where i was in line and obviously a, a a white woman a white older woman was in front of me and she stepped away to look at the flowers that were by this by the area and she went there the guy in front of us had already finished his order so i was just there standing waiting for her to come back and the bartista would just came and said you know what just just give me your order is it just you and I told her well the lady's still in front of me no it's fine it's fine just come in um so I went in front gave my order and she comes coming from behind and says oh you Mexicans think that you can just do whatever you want mm-hmm. and I just froze and you can tell the the man taking my order froze and it was this point where I felt like my voice was taken away like literally ripped from me and I was frozen and I wanted to cry but I didn't want to show her that she hurt me mm-hmm. you know I didn't want to give her the validation that she had power over me mm-hmm. so I froze and I just told her go sorry go in front of me and I had no idea what else to do mm-hmm. I was by myself I was there's nobody there to just speak up for me so no one said anything? Nobody said anything. Um, she went in front and she even said, this was her words, I will never forget that. She goes, no, you finish your order because then you're going to spread lies that I'm a racist. And I told her, look, I'm not here to cause trouble. Just please um, go, to, go in front of me. And she just kind of gave this little face expression facial expression 
and went in front of me, made her order and left. And I haven't seen her um, since that. Um, then the other experience was uh, a woman, which was this one was actually a different experience, which was the most latest experience that I've that I've had, um, which was amazing. But so I was in line waiting to get checked out. I was in the store um, and there was a man in front of me who was taking, you know, just getting little things and kind of was taking a little longer um, for the person who was checking him out. So there was a line going behind us and this woman behind me just made this comment and just saying, why do you Mexican women always have to look like that? And I was wearing my uniform, my my work uniform, and I just looked at her and was, excuse me? And she goes, you, you Mexican women have to wear such tight clothes and get our, get our white men and you just start taking them from, from, from us. And you guys, all you do is just break families apart. And I'm looking at her and I'm wearing these loose slacks. And I even went to work afterwards. I'm like, are these slacks tight? And they're like, no, those are loose. Why? What's happening? Um, but during that moment, I was just so self-conscious of what am I representing? Like, am I just making people uncomfortable? Am I doing, what am I doing? And so she started going about how us Mexican women just break families and we, and we come here illegally and make American men marry us so we can be here legally and just bring our, start bearing children. And she just went on and on about all this and, Nobody was saying anything, and everybody was just letting her speak to me like that. That was so heartbreaking that finally I felt like the lowest of lows. I felt so voiceless. I felt so unloved. But then there's this glimpse moment where where. The woman who was checking out, who was helping us, who worked there, she was a white woman also. And she told her, you need to stop your nonsense. Mm -hmm. She's a beautiful woman. Leave her alone. And at that moment, I felt someone was looking out for me. I felt someone cared and someone was loving a stranger. Mm -hmm. Didn't know anything about me, but decided to speak up for me. And that was at such a right time because I was struggling at that moment of, do I want to continue? Do I want to continue living here with everything that I'm getting thrown at? Um, do I want to continue this path that God has caused me to? And it's so hard because you're doing this alone. You're getting looked at differently you're getting treated differently um but i felt it was this tangible woman who was representing god and saying don't give up we're gonna get through this people are going to open up their eyes you need to continue pushing forward yes. this may hurt and this will continue hurting, but it will only last for a bit. Mm -hmm. Continue pushing forward. I got you. Mm -hmm. And 
it was this glimpse of God telling me, this is what, this is the goal. We're trying to get people to open up their eyes and open up their mouths and protect those who need protection. Yeah. To protect those who at that moment don't have a voice. Mm -hmm. The minority who are being pushed aside, the marginalized that are being pushed aside because of their skin color, because of the accent of their voice. Mm -hmm. um, this is what we need. We need people to be bold enough to speak. And I don't know if she was a, a follower of Jesus. I, I don't know that. But at that moment, I needed her to speak up yeah. because it was speaking to me at that moment of, okay, God, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to stick it out. This is this is the goal because I wasn't seeing that when I was getting treated poorly. I wasn't, I wasn't seeing people speaking up for me or sticking up for me um, when people were, were belittling me mm -hmm. um, during, during my two years here. Mm -hmm. And just seeing that was was such an eye opener. That saying, you know what, God, this is what we're this is this is what we're gonna do, and I'm gonna stick through it. I know it's gonna hurt. Mm -hmm. One person standing up for yeah. you. One person. One person. Okay, so I have a couple things that I want to say. Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to say, Crystal, um, we are so for you, and I am mm -hmm. so sorry. And yes. I speak for all of us who are. Uh, Caucasian mm -hmm. women and men um, who are followers of Jesus and say, mm -hmm. thank you for mm -hmm. carrying this mantle and being willing to, you know, the Bible talks about blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for yeah. they shall inherit the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And you are doing that. And you are part of what is happening right now in across our nation of people who are bold enough to say, I'll take some of the hurt and some of the pain so that people like Heidi talked about earlier, mm -hmm. being a seer so that people's eyes can be open. So, I commend you so deeply from the bottom of my heart. And I say, like, don't give up. Yeah. I know you're not going to. Mm -hmm. God is with you. And he is, has called you for such a time as this. But I also want to speak to this area. And I want to speak specifically to the um, Caucasian mm -hmm. people. Um, my generation, any generation below me, and also very clearly and very strongly to the generation above me, my parents' mm -hmm. generation and my grandparents' generation. Mm -hmm. This has to stop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is time for you to open your eyes and realize that this is not okay. Mm -hmm. That racism of any kind, segregation of any kind, yeah. is not what this country was built on. Mm -hmm. It is not what the Bible speaks of. And if you are doing this, if you are a person that even has these thoughts, you are living in sin. Mm -hmm. This is sin and it's mm -hmm. straight from the pit of hell. Yeah. And we must do better. We must do better. Mm -hmm. And and I'm going to take it even further because I am not okay with this. Mm -hmm. And I have a microphone in front of me right now and I'm going to use it. Um, I know the town that you work and live in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's because it's not the city. It's it? not it's no. not a big city. It's a small town. Mm -hmm. It's a great town. Mm -hmm. It's a town I grew up in. Mm -hmm. And it is very racially divided mm -hmm. because it that is where those events happen to you. And and this is not okay. Yeah. It is not okay for us to have our protected little towns where we treat people that don't even look that different from us. Mm -hmm. You don't look different. You might have a really amazing accent, but you don't look that different. It is not okay. None of this is okay. So it's time that that we stop. It's time that we stop and say, 
We are all created equal Mm -hmm. in the image of God, Mm -hmm. male and female, all different races. Mm -hmm. Jesus wasn't white. I was not Caucasian. He had darker skin than you have. Yeah. Yeah. If Mm -hmm. they're hating on those that are not white, they are going to hate Jesus. Mm -hmm. So if they don't, if people don't know Jesus, like I give them a little more grace because you know what? They don't understand the grace and mercy of God. Mm -hmm. But if you claim to be a Christian, if you've even stepped foot in a church, Mm -hmm. like you have no right. If you've ever picked up your Bible, you have no right. Mm -hmm. And just humanity in general, we all need to love each other and treat each other better. But especially if you're a follower of Jesus, Mm -hmm. I would just plead with you. And the reason I point out the older generations isn't to to harp on them and throw them under the bus. It's because I I know that they're the culture that they grew up in Mm -hmm. that was more accepted. Mm -hmm. But it's not. It's not okay. I think what's happening... um with the older generation that is such a shocker to them is that racism is being exposed a lot more in the press. Um, we're seeing this in our newspapers. We're seeing this in the radio stations. We're seeing this on podcasts or anything like that on social media. Mm-hmm. But it's so much bigger because they're, it's going on all over mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm. And the difference between then and now is that there's so much more exposure yeah. and that they're not realizing that, well, this didn't happen in my mm-hmm. my time. Mm-hmm. This this is something that you all are doing. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry. This is something that's been going mm-hmm. on for the longest time, but yeah. people were keeping their mouths shut because yeah. they didn't feel empowered to speak mm-hmm. and they didn't feel people were going to hear them. But mm-hmm. now is a time where people are actually being bold enough and mm-hmm. speaking about it and yes. saying, we need to change this. And yes. in order to change this, we need to have a conversation. And it's not just a one-time conversation. Right. It needs to be a conversation that is constantly mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. and being repeated. And it needs to go beyond that conversation mm-hmm. of now let's take action. Yes. Now let's do something yes. about it. And it's just always, um, my sister actually um, made a little cute little scenario. It's like, yeah, it's just like when I go to the movies, I can tell them all I want that I want to watch a movie, but until I take my money out and give it to them mm-hmm. is when they'll give me something. Mm-hmm. And then I can be allowed to go in. And mm-hmm. it's just that, that you can have this conversation all you want, mm-hmm. but until you take action is when we'll start seeing results. That's right. Yeah. And it starts by people in the grocery store, yeah, people in the Starbucks line mm-hmm. sticking up. Being defenders. Yeah. Defenders. And that's that's the biggest thing is that you have no idea. And I'm speaking here to the majority. um, Obviously, we'll just say white Mm -hmm. people. Yeah, sure. You need to use your voice. Yeah. You have this privilege that we don't. Yeah. um, And that you have no idea what impact you can do Mm -hmm. by just speaking and defending someone. Because what's happening is that you defending someone is going to cause, just like me, this hope rise up again mm-hmm. of saying, I can continue going through this. I can continue this path that God has called. And it, there can be an extreme. I I don't want to go too much into detail, but there could be an extreme of maybe someone wasn't even thinking their life was worth it. Yeah. And because that moment nobody spoke up for them, yeah. they they choose a matter on their own hand. Yeah. So you don't know what your voice can do right. and the impact that it can, it can affect. And even impact the people the white people around you the privilege around you of saying oh wow people are actually going to tell me i'm wrong this time instead of just looking the other way and i feel like so many times in this whole history we've been looking 
the other way mm-hmm. and saying, well, if I'm not involved with it, mm-hmm. it's not impacting yeah, me. That's right. But no, it's impacting you because you're there. Yes. You may not have been the one saying those words to us, yeah. but you're there that you can defend us yeah. and you can stop it. Yeah. And you can, you can then speak to those people who are hurting us and who are do, belittling us and putting no value in our lives and saying, no, they have value just like you have value. And I feel like so many times I don't, um, I look at my, my walk and my path so differently because I know that it's a sin issue and it's a heart Mm -hmm. issue that it can't be fought flesh. It needs to be fought spiritually. And so I look at them and I see, I still see them as, as children of God. Mm -hmm they're just blinded right now. Yeah. And yes, it's hurting me, but I know the truth mm-hmm. and I know who I serve mm-hmm. and he's not going to he's not going to leave me or forsake me. That's right. Yeah. Even though there's times where you feel like you're alone, you feel like nobody is listening and nobody's looking at mm-hmm. this. Um but there's people watching and there's people looking and I'm just here saying you need to start speaking. That's and right. you need to start um, doing something about it yeah. because obviously my voice alone is not going to change everything. We need to come together, yes. especially the privilege of saying, hey, that is not right. Do not talk to her like that. Mm-hmm. Or even to the extremes like, you know what, put your stuff down and I need you to leave yeah. or anything right. like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is that I feel the people who are belittling us, so the the ones that I've experienced have been the white ladies, white older generation. But even talking to them and saying this is not right, mm-hmm. I feel can impact them in a sense of, man, someone just called me out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I need to check myself. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. if it's someone within their own race. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they probably were looking to evoke an emotion out of yeah. you and, you know, cause a scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I just, I love that you're talking about people need to see and need to hear. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that so much. You need to know, like we see and we hear yeah. and we're, your, your story is going to go out to mm-hmm. countless mm-hmm. nations and cities and just believe in that. Even if one person mm-hmm. picks up that conviction that they need to be a defender mm-hmm. of someone who's being treated poorly, mm-hmm. uh, I think our society has moved so far away from being able to have different opinions. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've created this idea that if we're different than someone and we have to point something out in their life, mm-hmm. that we're haters. Yeah. And so we've gone silent. Mm-hmm. We've taken on this idea that if we're just silent, things will be better. Yeah, and, and that's not true. Mm-hmm. That's not right. That's not loving people. Not at all. Um, that's, that's not having any boldness mm-hmm. or any willingness to exercise the voice God's given us. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I am so saddened that that is the experience you've had. Yeah. And I'm going to start, I'm going to pray, Crystal, that you begin to to experience the opposite. Yeah. Um, not even just because of this podcast, but because God starts to defend you mm-hmm. through his people, mm-hmm. yeah. that his people would start to stand up for you and speak on your behalf. I also think, Heidi, that it's really important that anyone who's listening have their eyes opened and there's an awareness because I've had several people say to me over the last couple of years when this subject has come up, um, particularly with different, with women's event that I've led and mm-hmm. we've had, uh, 
roundtable discussions about racial tension and is this conversation needed in our community? Mm -hmm. And I've had a couple of people say, I'm not really sure it applies to us. Mm -hmm. I don't really know if it's a need. Mm -hmm. And I, I almost in that moment didn't even know what to say mm -hmm. because it was clear how blind they were mm -hmm. and they were the majority. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you're the majority, you often don't recognize yep. you don't see that. Mm -hmm. And so it's time that the eyes, our eyes, all of our eyes be open. Mm -hmm. You know, put yourself in a situation where you're not the majority. Mm -hmm. Go, go be the minority somewhere. Oh, yeah. Do it intentionally mm -hmm. yeah. because then you'll very quickly understand what it feels like mm -hmm. to not be the majority. And, you know, this isn't just about Hispanics. This is about people of every different kind yeah. of skin color mm -hmm. and race and culture background. And we've got all of them here in yeah, Peoria and it's beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing. I love to see the culture and the food and mm -hmm. like, it just brings so much life to our community. And so I think that we all need to just become way more aware of what's going on mm -hmm. and, and, our role to play. Some people might have a big role to play. We all have a role to yeah. play. There's always uh, a role that yes. needs to be played. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we only have a few minutes left, but I really do want to get to a little bit of this. Mm -hmm. You moved here, um, and you are part of starting a new church mm -hmm. in Peoria mm -hmm. on the South side. And for those who don't live here, the South side is where the projects are. Mm -hmm. It's where, um, uh, we were just talking about this, um, the second poorest zip code mm -hmm. in Illinois. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, which is crazy mm -hmm. to think about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so you spend a lot of time in that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And you spend a lot of time serving them and loving them and getting to know them. And I spent an hour with you one afternoon driving around this neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And girl, you drove around there like you... <laughs> loved that neighborhood. Oh, yeah. You had no fear. We had our windows down. Mm -hmm. We were jumping out, talking mm -hmm. to people, inviting people to the cookout that you were hosting. Um, what, where does that boldness and that love for a neighborhood that isn't your neighborhood? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but where does that love come from? Cause there's a lot of people in our city that wouldn't even drive through that neighborhood. Oh, yeah. And here you are getting out and you know, their names you knew, you knew the streets like you'd grown up there. And you, you were like, well, so-and-so lives there and these families live there. And I was so blown away by that. Where does that come from? Um, it's just a, a passion of loving Jesus and demonstrating the love for, for Jesus. And a lot of, a lot of us forget that it takes, it takes work to, to build this community, to build this unity to build this diversity because I feel like reconciliation is the outcome of diversity mm -hmm. and you'll see diversity because you're purposely wanting to reconcile the differences. And one of the cool scriptures that no, I apologize. One of the cool articles that I've read um, from pa Pastor Sandra, um, she, she pointed out of how we, we go so much about, about marriage and what the Bible says about marriage and how it takes work and it takes two becoming one and mm -hmm. people coming together and different backgrounds and different thought processes and different um, experiences coming together as one. So in my mind, I'm thinking if it takes work to bring two, a man and a woman together to become one, what makes a difference of bringing a community hmm. 
to become one because we are one body in Christ Mm -hmm. and it's going to be ugly. It's Mm going to take work. It's going to have to take us getting our hands dirty Mm -hmm. and being there constantly. Obviously we, we touched base. I'm not married. So just seeing the outcome and just see, I mean, seeing the, from looking from the outside in, seeing that it takes hard work Mm -hmm. to keep a marriage, a good marriage together and, and having Jesus as a center Mm -hmm. of the marriage. Um, but seeing the work that it takes and seeing that it takes constant conversations with each other means that in the community, there has to be constant conversations. Mm -hmm. There's going to be differences. There's going to be different thought processes. Mm -hmm. There's going to be different backgrounds and living experiences. And I don't, I, you as a white person have different experiences than me as a Hispanic person. Me as a Hispanic woman have different experiences than a black woman or a Mm -hmm. black man. Mm -hmm. But if we sit down together and have that communication and have that openness and saying, you know what, we are at a table Mm -hmm. and we need to open up and be vulnerable with each other. And we need to speak truth into each other because I feel like the enemy has blinded us so for so long that Mm -hmm. it's time for us to take our blinds off Mm -hmm. and have this conversation because what's happening is that you may feel like you're offending someone because you're having this conversation that people don't want to have this conversation because they don't want to um they don't want to offend anybody but when you're having this conversation you start realizing oh they weren't offended they're actually appreciated that you asked them instead of assuming yes Mm -hmm. And so that's what's happening in, in the South Side where we're breaking down and we're having these conversations and we're showing them, hey, I know you're different and I value that. And I think that's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we welcome that. We welcome differences. We welcome different backgrounds and different um, male, female, um, short, tall, any mm-hmm. like we're mm-hmm. all children of God. Mm-hmm. But what's happening is that we are afraid to go out there and just have a conversation with them. Because there's so many times where I'm out there in my community where our church is and I'm having these conversations that we relate and we start having conversation. Oh, yeah, that happened with me when I grew up, too. And you start realizing that they are humans, You're too. You're really not that different. They are. <laughs> they, we're all just coming from this place of brokenness sin has that's what happened when sin entered this world we're all broken we're all sinners but because they're in that community because they don't have the same resources as we do they get pushed aside Mm -hmm. but if you actually go in there and get into the mess and get into that you start realizing how beautiful they are and how amazing their culture is and Mm -hmm. yes there's 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 situations that that go about where it's messy, mm-hmm. but what relationship that we have isn't messy. Right. When you have Jesus in the center, I believe we can get through it and we can overcome it, mm-hmm. but it starts with us wanting mm-hmm. to have that conversation. Yeah. And I say wanting because a lot of us feel like it's not for us. Mm-hmm. Racism is not, mm-hmm. it's not something I deal with or I'm not a racist, so I don't need to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. But I say wanting because it takes all of us wanting to yes. make a difference and yeah. wanting to see change that you can't make someone do something that they don't want. Right. It needs to come from their heart and it needs to come from them wanting to see change. That's right. And 
once we it have it. It takes a lot of work. Oh yeah. Yeah. It is. It's so much work. And even me having a conversation with Hispanic here in Peoria, it's completely different because one, I'm a Hispanic who grew up next to the border, right? 10 minutes from the border. And they're Hispanic who grew up in the city and smack down in the middle of it, who's never experienced um, a border or Mm -hmm. Mexican guards around or anything like that. So we have two different experiences, Mm -hmm. but we're still Hispanics Mm -hmm. coming together and seeing there is a difference here. Mm -hmm. So even seeing and valuing the beauty in every culture, Mm -hmm. Even in your culture, you may have someone who hasn't experienced your experiences, Mm -hmm. but having that conversation and then linking arms Mm -hmm. together and saying, I value you, Mm -hmm. I value where you come from, let's make a difference because they're not going to treat you like this anymore. And I think that's where we'll start seeing differences is when we'll start linking arms and realizing that it is going to get messy. Mm -hmm. It's not this bubbly conversation, that one-time conversation and say, oh, poof, Mm -hmm. racism is gone. Mm -hmm. No, it's a constant conversation and constant reminder that we need to link arms. Mm -hmm. And one thing I do want to say is some people say, well, I have a Hispanic friend or I have a black friend, but you never talk to them. Mm -hmm. You never share your home with them. You never sit in the table with mm-hmm. them and have a conversation with them. So they consider themselves, I'm not racist. I have a black friend. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you had a true conversation with them? When was the last time you've, you've heard them deal with a situation mm-hmm. that they're going through? There's times where we'll go to church and it's heartbreaking just hearing someone coming to us and saying, man, I was so scared to leave my house because of the color of my skin today. Wow. And it's one of those that you see that every day mm-hmm. there in the South Side because we're choosing to go in there every day mm-hmm. and realizing that they're, we see them. Yeah. We love them. Mm-hmm. We know, we don't fully know the experiences that you're going through, but we want to. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. We want to be there. We want so to good. link arms with you. It's so good, Crystal. Thank you so much for sharing, first of all, for sharing the hard things. Those aren't easy to share. Yeah. Um, And I'm so glad that you did because I think it helps us all understand humanity a little bit better Mm -hmm. and understand what people who don't look like us are. And, you know, when I say that, but I think think there there are a lot of people out there who um, can be can feel the effects of racism or and maybe it's not racism, but maybe it's just belittling, mm-hmm. you know, bullying. Oh, and yeah. it's, they feel those same feelings of I'm not worthy. I'm mm-hmm. not worthy or I'm, I'm, I'm being crushed down to mm-hmm. nothing, you know, yeah. and all across the board, we have to start standing up yeah. for the marginalized yeah. and start standing up and defending those who can't defend themselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing your beautiful story. And like I said earlier, I can't wait to see, what happens from here. Mm. I'm excited. Thank you for having me again. Mm. Thank you for having this conversation. And I hope it's a conversation we continue having down the road here in Peoria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what, Heidi, I have said this before. I don't know if on here, but in conversations about this, it's really easy. You just open up your home, 
You say, we're going to have a conversation around my table. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put out some cookies and some coffee or order pizza. And I'm going to invite people, even if I don't know them very well, Mm -hmm. from different races. Mm -hmm. And we're going to sit around the table and we're going to have a conversation specifically about this. We're going to get vulnerable and we're going to say the hard things. And we're going to share misunderstandings. Mm -hmm. And we're going to lay it all out there. Because like you said, Heidi, at at the table, everyone is equal. Everyone pulls up a chair. We're on the same level. Mm Start there. If you feel like, man, I don't really know if I if I struggle with this, just take that step. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I guarantee it'll open a door oh, for yeah. you to deal with some stuff in your own mm-hmm. heart, but then also just see outside of yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that so much. I recently moved into a new neighborhood, and the th- number one thing I love about my neighborhood is how racially diverse it is. Mm. We, we have a community park, and we went there last night, and I counted what appeared to be six different nations represented at the park with their kids. Um, you know, people running or jogging or riding bikes or shooting mm-hmm. hoops. And I was so inspired and so encouraged. And I was pushing my toddler in a swing next to a gentleman mm-hmm. who um, he'd never made eye contact, you know, and I finally just said to him, I'm like, Hey, do you live in this neighborhood? And he looked at me almost surprised that I meant mm-hmm. that I spoke to him yeah. and it, long story short, he and his family um, were from Japan, but they're here on a green card working for a very well-known company, mm-hmm. a very intelligent man, you know, someone that you would want on your side if you needed surgery. Yeah. That was the kind of man you would want on your side. <laughs> and yet his little boy is an American citizen because mm-hmm. he was born here. Mm-hmm. And we had the best conversation and it was so fun. And then I think of my next door neighbor now who has become one of my dear friends mm-hmm. and she's from Iran. And just those conversations that have been so awesome, that's what I love. Oh yeah. And I love sitting across from you and just seeing your eyes light up when you talk about your love for Jesus and your love for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I can so relate to that because I have that same heart for mm-hmm. the people that are, um, that, that have, you know, less than maybe what we have here in Peoria. So well done. I am so <laughs> proud of you. It's, it has been, it's been such an honor just to get to, like you said, link arms mm-hmm. um, with your church. Our church mm-hmm. has gotten to kind of uh, partner up with you guys oh, yeah. on some really cool things. And that's been awesome. We love that unity. Mm-hmm. Oh, we yeah. believe that is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I is it okay if people will tag you, um, your social media on our yeah, posts? Is it okay definitely. if they have questions or if they mm-hmm. need a sounding board and they say, like, this has happened to me too, if they reach out to you? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Reach mm-hmm. out to me. Um, you'll get tagged. I'll get tagged yeah. in, in this. And if you have any questions, you have any doubts, or even if you're on the other side of the mm-hmm. majority and saying, Hey, I don't agree with this, or hey, I agree with this. Let's have a conversation. Yeah, I feel like how how do I speak up? You know, people Mm kind of need to Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. So that's good. Well, thank you so much for listening. We hope that this has opened your eyes, and maybe just uh, if if nothing else, push you to your knees to pray and say, God, like we want unity in our nation, and we want we want diversity in a beautiful way. We are so glad that you've listened. You can find us on iTunes Mm -hmm. and on Instagram. Heidi, I would also say we're trying so hard to get better about being more um, there on Instagram. Present. (laughs) More present. So not my gig. Um, we, I'm, I've tried to make it my gig and it's just not. I know. We're, we're trying very hard because we've heard from you and we, we know that you want to see mm-hmm. more stuff on Instagram. And so follow us on there <laughs> and respond. Because if we put something out there, girl, we need your response. That's right. You know? um, but you can follow us on there. As always, you can shoot us per request mm-hmm. and we will pray. Thank you for listening and we will talk to you next time.